What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Poppet's Corner. And I'd like to bring on, uh, again, part two of the C4OC radio uh, story here. And I'd like to please welcome Mr. Danny Ray and, of Say course, Mr., Mr. Mike uh, C. I'm yep. going to call you that because you keep From fucking saying From the House it. of Metal uh, Radio. That's right. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So let's thank, go. You, let's thank you guys again for coming on the show and hanging. I really do appreciate it. No so. problem, man. Hey. I do. I love to come uh, back here. I was looking forward to it. And I think this is bitching. Absolutely. Dude, yeah, T Tanner, thank you very much for having us here. Always looking forward to doing this with you. How you guys been? What's new with you? Uh, staying busy as always. You know, the summer's here. As long, trying to make sure my, you know, not getting any swamp ass going on with all the humidity <laughs> and that type of shit. But, you know, uh, radio stations staying busy. Uh, also getting excited for uh, on August 21st, the big fifth annual c4oc radio right. social independence day bash yes you know can't wait for that and that, that and some other house of metal radio uh house of metal shows that are going to be going on later this year in itself is kind of a, like a reflection of what we do the next year uh, as far as the house metal and c4oc radio as far as bringing bands into the light absolutely well so so last time where we we kind of left out we, we touched upon almost the whole story here but there's like bits and pieces that i would kind of like to fill help fill in and get the the actual story and where mm -hmm. i wanted to start was we were talking somewhat about the ven the venues or whatever that kind of used to be here used to used to play um um not the lunchbox the um the hell was the hell was we it called play the lunchbox where's that the <laughs> <laughs> where is that uh, across from Ana the Anaheim. Um, oh, you know, you're talking about Shack. The Shack. Yes. yes. And then we talked about uh, the press box. The press box. Not, the we box. talked See? about I'm three, hungry. six, nine. We talked about we talked about a lot of venues that were around back then. Yeah, but I wanted to start with those and help fill in that specific kind of story and whatnot. And uh, one question I had for you specifically, Danny, uh, was. You, you got started really kind of late and almost in your career playing the live shows and whatnot. And I just want to ask in, you know, the early to, to mid nineties era, I just wanted to kind of know the history of Orange County, the, the whole scene out here. So from your recollection, what, what were some of the venues that you were kind of going to and some of the bands you were seeing at that around that, that time? Well, you know, back in my day, <laughs> when uh, i recollect <laughs> no seriously there was uh back in that time dude you would uh you would go like to spearmint rhino you'd go to the like the shack the 369 club um there's uh there's just the liquid joes there's little clubs in and out of there that you would play to keep the momentum going and um so back in them days, back in them days, we would try to, uh, you know, take venture out of the Orange County in the Southern California area. And, you know, we would go to places like, uh, you know, the Whiskey and we go to like uh, the Rainbow. We go to like, uh, there's a place that I really am sad that isn't around nowadays. And that was called uh, Johnny Fox Club. And that was up in Silver Lake. And uh, it was like just the coolest little club. Like it reminded me of like, you know, 
the the stages you know they oh, had a sure. really good sound system and uh they were really they were really cool with the bands and stuff like that and uh you know and uh there's places like that and there's places like the uh in ha- uh, la the santa monica was like trips lounge and then there was the garage and then there was uh there's just tons of little little spots that you could play back in those days that aren't here nowadays you know or even used to hear about coconut teaser and yeah. places like that or yeah you know i know the true you know i know the troubadour was like what closed down for a bit and then that's been reopened and yeah. stuff like that and but you got to really be a certain person to get in on a troubadour that's the sad thing but it's a great venue now these venues that you're kind of mentioning were they all ages venues? I'm just kind of curious when the shift happened from, you know, all ages into like 21 and over kind of clubs in yeah. Orange County because unfortunately that, that that detracts a lot of new fans from right. getting into the style of music that we we love so much. So when was that? When did you notice start to notice that kind of shift? And I'll ask you this, the, the same question. And get your opinion on it so well that'd be all him for out here that's for sure <laughs> well you know there wasn't really a lot of all ages venues back in that time i mean there was really like a, a chain reaction who at that time also had a little spot up on uh, down south you know and um they uh, did bands for a while and then uh things kind of turned uh turned a little south you know here like like we talked last time we were here was uh you know there's a a dead time throughout here and it kind of fluctuated and things would turn up and things would turn down we talked about the oc tavern you know so the things kind of shifted up and down the coast a little bit and so it wasn't really hot in one specific place and then so um about you know 2000 2003 different clubs started opening up and uh they allowed to do things they didn't do uh they i just got to give a shout out to the chain reaction because i saw a video the other day that uh uh we did um about seven years ago at the chain reaction and some just random person took that video <laughs> and i was like <laughs> But this is cool because it's a random person's yeah. video. It's from the, it's not all that, and it's you know. Mm-hmm. But it was cool, and there was the uh, chain reaction logo in the background. But like, there hasn't really been a scene for the uh, for bands to play, and there be a, like a underage group that, that could go in there. And I've always thought that that was really crazy because you know the majority of Orange County is uh underage well the the and and how mike uh you know kind of same question as you and i want to branch off at this point here so go ahead well he'd been playing in the band i've i've just been on the uh, booking end of things you know so i've only playing the bands out here just over you know the past you know heck not even a year since i've been joined up with denny but uh but he is right since the whole time i've been out here there there is it really hasn't been any venue for kids to go if you're you know under 21 unless you're going to like <clears throat> any some kind of all ages thing and that's going to be at house of blues 
Yeah. I mean, or like a, a large actual venue. And you see the main reason is because anytime there's a, a show that's going on for people that are under 21, they end up having to uh, get more security. Uh, they have to cha- change the, uh, it's also cost more for the venue for insurance. Yeah. You know, once you get to that point where, Oh, are you going? Oh, you're going to do all ages. Well, now as a venue, your insurance is going to go up. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of small business owners, they don't want to pay that extra. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden just say, just say if I'm taking my younger brother to say, for example, just say if I'm like 20, you know, my early twenties and I'm taking, you know, a younger brother, Hey, maybe I'm going to try to sneak the sneak him a drink or his friends and that type of stuff. You know, the venue is the one who's going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. You know, not necessarily who's ever booked the band. Bottom line, you know, bill, you know, and the small business owners are not willing to afford to take that type of risk. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's like even if they were do it like once a week, I know like where I'm from, you know, back in Jersey, at least there would be certain venues where uh, Sundays, for example, would be for all ages. You know, they would at least, you know, right. start, you know, maybe late afternoon show would be over by like 11. So they wouldn't have to worry about it. What was also cool is because. At least when I was growing up, you would see that there were kids, more high school kids or maybe kids still in college that weren't 21. It seemed like there was a lot of younger bands during that time growing up. I mean, there could be a lot of bands that are underage now, but. You know, yeah, I don't see it on social media, or at least if if there are, if they are out there, there's maybe a handful of them. Yeah. Okay, this this is a good point that I want to that I've all, I've wanted to cover on this specific show for a long time, and and that is that you know is 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 that be in your opinion is that because of technology the reason why many so many kind of there's not a lot of people that want to actually play in bands anymore. It's they don't want to pick up an instrument. They'd rather you know, go on social media or they'd rather be play a video D- be games. A DJ or play video games or play, you know, computer, whatever. I think it's in my personal opinion, uh, just cause I have, I have an 18 year old, you know, he just finished high school. He goes to, he uh, plays with school of rock. He's in their house band. In my opinion, you know, he's a little phenom. He's just, I can't wait to get him into musicians Institute at the beginning of next year. Uh, cause I think my son is really talented and, what I've been trying to do is because even though he does play with school rock, it's, I just think, you know, since the whole technology has expanded, you know, going online and now kids are being exposed to aside from more bands, more different styles of music. My son, he's more of a metalhead, where he goes to school rock. You know, there's some kids, you know, they get pinned down. Like, I want to play these songs. And my son will be like, Hey, I'll play anything. I just want to play in a band. Uh, but you know, it's always got to be a two way street and you always have the other, kids, I, I don't want to play that stuff. You know, just there's no one really wants to get out of their comfort zone in a sense, but you know, but in the point that you mentioned, um, regarding technology. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think today's kids are lazy sacks of shit, you know, be honest with you. I think they just want to sit on their asses all day, have mom and dad cater to them and just play video games and interact on social media and not go out. Why go out when I got. Why do the work when the works right here or or I can enjoy stuff right here uh, at a keyboard. Right. 
so how do we find the incentive to encourage more kind of young people to want to play an instrument, want to play in bands? I mean, is it, does, does it come from like the bigger band have, having like a bigger uh, metal scene like that so they can go see bands like, I don't know, like a lamb of God or like a Hailstorm or something like to get into I, those bands. Uh, can I interject? Right, yeah. Real quick. The point, what it falls down to, what it falls down to is that we as parents in today's society do not take the time out to take our children to see the world, to see concerts, to see what they can. Like, dude, dude, there's, we, we went to a concert in the freaking Irvine Park. And these little kids blew our fucking. Oh yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the school of rock kids school when we rock. did. Yeah, we and did. Dude, that. And that's what I'm saying. We took and they were playing old timers music. Yeah. School of rock, Tustin. Those are the kids that yep. performed, and that was about three or four years ago. Yeah, in fact, I was actually just wearing the shirt from that the other day. Right. And and that's what I boil it down to is that the that the the parents nowadays they have all this technology. So you know, back in the day when we grew up. Our parents sat us in front of the TV. Now, if we sat there and watched what was ever on there or we clicked through and we're like, this is all bullshit and we're going to go out and do our thing, then that was cool. But a lot of the kids that grew up and are growing up from now on, now they're sitting in front of the phones. They were sitting in front of tablets. They were yep. sitting in front of computers, you know, and, and that's all cool. You should be well-rounded with that. You know, that should be a part of your life, but that shouldn't be the only part of your life. You should get out. Parents should get out and take their children to music. Yeah. Because they're not getting the exposure that we got. Well, and to go off of your point here, and I'll let you finish, Mike, but my, my point is, is going back to the all ages venues, that's why yeah. I think it's super important to have those. And I get they would put the politics behind it. I get that, you know, the insurance thing and, the, and oh, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the risks involved yeah. with doing it. But I still think it's so necessary to to having the next generation of of a of a of a metal scene out here. As, if you want, especially I'm only talking. Uh, let's just say music in general, a, a music scene. Right. Yeah. Because without musicians. There, there is there. There are no next. There's no next generation. And thus, I think people will take it. They, they always take music and art for granted, but once it's not here anymore, then oh, it's like we're very fucked. good point. Yeah. So, yeah, but you exactly. know, but even just think about it. Okay. I thought, I mean, technology is good, you know, up to a point, but now you have, okay, I'm, I'm 51. I'm going to be 52 next month. All right. When I grew up, you know, yeah, there was no computers. Shit. When I was a kid, forget, you know, there wasn't even cable TV at the time, you know, so we had a choice. Ch only uh, not even a dozen channels to pick from. And my par parents even made sure you're only going to watch so many hours, so much TV a day. You don't like get the fuck outside. Yeah. But now over the past, you know, 20 years or so, or 20 to 25 years, that's when all the computers and all that technology started to take over. So now you have the parents who were in there, you know, in that 25 to say 35 range. These now it's that generation that's been starting to grow up on the first round of computers. So that's like the first and they breed. don't want their 
their kids to go out and get in society because they're afraid of weirdos. Yeah. So that's another but, part. But no, but very true. Yeah. But that starts the first generation, in mm. my opinion, of lazy sacks of shit. Right. Okay. They just want to get glued. I can get entertained on my ass 24 7, 365 by staring at some little some phone the size of an uh, fucking index card. And you know what? And that's how they grew up. So their parents at that point started failing them for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Un unfortunately so. But, you know, it's it's I mean, letting them not. know that there's other ways to come up with how to bide your time. Like, you know, everybody knows that where a concert is. You've always known where a concert is. If you wanted to find one, you knew where to go. Yeah. They don't teach us. They don't teach them that this day. They don't teach the culture. Like what we're losing in society right now is our culture. And what people don't realize is that the history books they've been feeding us is cool. We need to know that. We need to know what happened. But dude, in the, uh, from the 60s all the way up to modern time, there's a whole bunch of music that influenced the culture at that specific time like a lot of people don't know they had uh uh, uh, uh what was it called boogie music it came out of dc okay and it was just a. Uh, it was just everybody where it founded from was everybody was so mad of what was going on in the city at that time that the only thing they could do is gather in a park and just come up with it was the go-go beat the go-go beat came from that, from D.C. And, dude, everybody, that's the only outlet that they had right there because nobody was listening to them at that time. So, And that's the history that we've lost in our culture, in our music culture, is there's other things that were going on that influenced the way we think to this day over the years by the music we had at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also, you know, at least with my kids, at least, you know, especially, you know, I, I'm a hard rock. I'm a heavy metal head. I've been that way since I've been six, seven years old. Sure. And my kids know when they get in the car that that's all they're going to hear. And from like the time that they were little, like even even today, like I'm driving my kids around, whatever, going to taking them to karate lessons. And as soon as I get in there, I got Void Vader's newest disc. And it's even great. My, I got my nine year old daughter. You know, she's like, hey, daddy, turn it up a little bit louder as you know, she wants to hear that music. My oldest son, heck, from the time he was little, that's all I've been playing for him is hard rock and heavy metal. And so, yeah, I'm getting that music ingrained into him, you know, but, you know, I think, you know, since the um, since technology and the Internet and all that kind of shit which has been great for bands in a sense because more bands worldwide have been getting that much more exposure. Right. But at the same time, there's been kind of like more one hit wonders in a sense, or, you know, a loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a loss or, in the or, culture. Yeah. I mean, where bands didn't have it at times you, it's less work to get more exposure, but is, giving everyone exposure the right thing i mean i don't get me wrong i know when everyone has their own cup of tea and that type of it but you know we, we wanted to find out that you know find out about whatever new band that might be coming out you know it was going down you know 
to one of the corner stores, you know, check out Circus Magazine, Hip Parader, and you're only getting exposed to so many bands. But now all of a sudden, you know, over the past 25 years, shit, I can get exposed to like 2,500 bands just in in the state. Mm -hmm. You you, you bring up a good point, though, and here's where I'm going to go with this. Um, is, is what you're essentially saying is is somebody has had to take a chance on bands to spoon feed them to the masses, right? And there is only so much they can put in a magazine. So there's only so many bands that were spoon fed to people, right? That oh, they. Yeah. So now that they we have the internet, everything's wide open. So nobody's being spoon fed anything, and I think people need they need that. They need to be spoon fed new music, which is why I I, I think that you know guys like us that are doing radio stuff and podcasting right. is just super important to to yeah. music the the culture in general no no matter what if we wanted to do pop oriented stuff or, or what, we we're only talking jazz is. or yeah. or or metal yeah but it's so important to music in general to have these specific platforms and I, you know people like to listen to these the pod that's why podcasts have become right. so fucking Big. They and that's what I love because, about it too, because it makes you think out of your own little circle. Well, they're, and they're getting the full story when it comes right. to this, and obviously they're, but they're being spoon fed, you know, great artists with when they listen to music podcasts and whatnot, right, whatever right. show you're into, like, right. so that is only helping um, the 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 next generation of of, of musicians. We yeah. don't know if somebody's going to listen to say this particular episode or any of. Of the episodes that we we do and can discover a new band whether it be old or or new and hopefully yeah. but but i think with bands in general there there's an oversaturation of say any genre in, in metal in general um where you know i again i, I don't want to sound like a like a broken record here or anything but you know the songs are super important having good songwriting is super important yes lyrical yeah. Lyrical Lyrically too, is, true. Especially um, that's because that's the face true. of the music. But there's also the the production side of things and yeah. making sure that records sound great and and have good songs and whatnot. So, but there's also there has to be an accessibility to that specific band yeah. or or song that that'll turn somebody onto that yeah. specific band or song. Hopefully, I mean, I'm making th- sense here. How many bands do you know, and you, and I, that? haven't even made a record and they're just phenomenal bands and they could influence the world in great ways, but they haven't even made anything that we can tell you about. Or, you know, it was kind of interesting Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I go over by, go over by Denny's Mm -hmm. and going through all the emails, you know, because a lot of bands had set music. And so we're listening, like there was one particular music company. Yeah. And they sent us a whole bunch of music from uh, from a bunch of their different bands. Remember, we we're going through the emails a couple of weeks ago. Oh my god! Oh god! Now, oh now goodness. this whatever you know, lo- local music company or underground music bit. So they sent music from about I think it was about eight bands, and they sent about four songs from each band. And so, <clears throat> some of these some of these songs were were good. Mm-hmm. And others were not like some of them. We be honest with you, whether it's just been the music itself, the lyrics, or even just the production. Sometimes we weren't even thirty seconds into the song, and we're like, no, yeah, because it, it, it was just there's something that's got as a listener. If you don't have 
if you're putting out music and you're not getting your your desired audience, something's got to grab you in less than 10 seconds, right mm -hmm. from that start. And if it's not going to catch you in any way, shape, or form, okay, it's like, okay, not doing this one. Yeah. Not doing this one. Not doing it. And, and it was, I was like, I was almost depressed in a sense. Yeah. And sometimes like, and I think Tim was with us and he's just la laughing at us. And yeah, like, he's like, he's like, you're I'm brutal. Like, I'm like, dude. I'm like, would you have kept any of that? And he goes, no. I'm like, well, I'm like, when you, I mean, and then, you know, so me as the station manager, I go back and if the homies don't and they, you know, they're not, they're not critical as I am. And like, sometimes I'm pretty critical and it's not that I'm being critical. It's because um, the thing is the difference between us and the bands that came out in the past there, you know, and I'll say this till the day I die is the reason why those bands are great is because if you look at the time in between the the great bands made an album, it, there's a couple of years. So they didn't just throw it out. They, they stopped and they were like, let's take this to the dawn of time. And what we're missing today is people have such access to put their music out there that they're not taking the time to hone their craft. Well, the problem with your theory there, and here's here's the rebuttal to this. In the 70s, literally a band, the only way to to make a career out of it was to release yeah, two, a, a record every six months. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's... Or two years? Not even Sometimes. that. No, not even that, because bands in the 70s and, and, and 80s and whatnot had a, had a shelf life of like three to four years, and yeah. then they'd be gone. So, yeah. uh, or... Um, yeah, maybe, I was, not, maybe not the seventies, but for sure the eighties. Yeah. The seventies. You know, I'm talking like there was artist development. Boston, and we don't. Well, dude, it was ten, sixteen years to get all three albums out. Yeah, they made. I always joke that they're you know Boston makes a record every decade. Yeah. So, um, but the but they held or but they they're honed, a great band. Well, they honed their craft right. on that specific first record, which still right. gets played. So yeah. they, they are a different kind of band. But but I'm talking the bands that like. You know they had artist development, right? We and and AKA quality control, as I call it too. Yeah. You know, record labels decided what bands were heard, and now yeah. there's a any any band can get heard now. Yeah, you, there's no quality control, right. right? So when you have guys like us doing radio stuff, okay. we're kind of like the quality control, yeah. right? Right. But with what you're and you us as musicians, we don't want to just put out any old thing. Well, if we're talking about our band specifically, yes, but yeah, I'm talking you know, music as musicians, in general. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I kind of look at it. I mean, being a radio station, as we do, the promoting company and the things that we go through on the day-to-day, -day, like you got to have two sides. You got to look at it two different ways. You know, we're grown up in the past and we have a certain thing that we go by, but like things don't necessarily progress the way we want them to progress so at the same time you got to be like so when i contact these bands that don't quite make it on the c4oc playland um i tell them you know like i just don't say oh you weren't good and bye done i'd be like i tell you like if you took a little more time maybe think about your recording think about maybe your arrangements 
think about a little things and then and then go back and do that i'm not knocking you i'm not anything but take some what and going off of your point i'm sorry to cut you off but do you think because nobody wants to be the bad guy anymore quote unquote you know like that plays a part in all of it i i would say because you know nobody look nobody wants to be told you know that they they suck or whatever but, or, or or needs to get better but i think if people kind of took a step back and and when when hearing that stuff and being and kind of being like you know what i Man. could i could get better and here's how i'm going to do it right so they need to have here's a you know here there's a problem here's a, here's five solutions here's the solution right Pick one. so but there's always a bad guy in the there industry. has to be but there in there, the industry where be. you're going to make your money there's a bad guy. Well, of course, but so. I'm talking for quality control yeah. purposes. I'm, I'm if talking you do that. To, if you do that, then you have no problem when you reach the bad guy. Like it's just a, it's just a weird little package that we had back in the day. You could just set up on the sidewalk and people loved you, but now it's not like that. And it's the sad thing is, is we're getting limited to what. See, back in the day, we got this plethora of music. Right, but it was all accessible yeah. music, too. You know, I mean, now was it, though, in the 70s and 80s? Well, like, pop was accessible. Right, I mean, on the radio. Right, but rock like, was accessible. Like it's, how we have it today? Like, you couldn't just go out. and There was no internet. I mean, you couldn't well, just go out and find that. You had to go seek it in a record store. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, and seek that out. And I think that's what the music has lost a little bit, the drive to go seek out this stuff. Like back in the day when I'd go through record companies or record stores, I'd be, and I'd find a record, I'd go home and I'd listen to it, and then I'd look at it and like, who recorded this? Who was on the you know, overall thing? And then I'd go back to the record store and I'd be like, Oh, that's a familiar name. That's a familiar right. name. Right. And I know this topic has been covered has been covered millions a of lot, times. Yes. Right. In other podcasts and whatnot. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody knows that. That you know, obviously hmm. there's no there's no internet and people had to search it out, but there still had was, you know, rock stations, you know, playing new rock bands. Like how many radio stations do you listen to? Let's let, let's say terrestrial or even satellite. They play the same fucking fifty songs, right? Yeah. Same fifty. Songs. Or even give you an example, like yeah, that's a great topic. Like you were like you're talking about like with on that exact topic. Just say serious. Now, um, let's even mention Ozzy's Boneyard. Just say for example, I can go on there for a week straight. If I get in my my your car at two o'clock Monday through Friday, you're going to be hearing that same program. It's it's all pre-programmed. You're going to hear that that same recording five days a week it might be off by a bit 10 15 minutes but i'm going to hear you know who was ever the dj at that time and that same exact show i'm going to hear those same exact songs i'm going to hear the same exact freaking commercials as well you know and all that little those little tidbits in between but what you were going back to before with both of you guys you're talking about like the 70s and how long it took the record companies used to get it. Oh, just because like, you were mentioning Boston speci specifically. Record companies would get oh, on these guys' asses because everyone, okay, everyone seems like they're, everyone's first album is always like their best one. It comes out, blows everyone's mind mm -hmm. for, for the most part because that's what gets every, uh, attention to the band. But now the record company, they want to they strike while the needle's hot. 
they want that record out in the next six months. It better not be out in less than a year because they spent a shitload of money getting you signed and how much it was in recording studio and getting those people. Now, production, now, now when you talk about Boston and their second album, now I know because I used to, used to be a huge Boston fan. It took their 18 months to do the first side of that album. And they got rushed by the record company so much because they were blown over budget at that point. And 18 months for the first first half of the album, six months for the second. And they them they even said it sounded like two different albums. Right. And you're saying, yeah, it took like almost another freaking like decade for a third stage to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all the differences in the band and well, blah it would blah. Be don't look back, but but close. Yeah. But well, third, don't look back was uh, second. Yeah, 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 yeah he's but, talking second album. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the and and I gotta I kind of have to disagree with you as far as the first album blows everybody away. Not in the seventies. It was art. You had artist development, so bands didn't hit their stride until the fourth or fifth album. You know, look at look at all Kiss for example. Yeah, first three albums didn't sell a heck of a lot and then the uh, the the fourth album which was technically alive right yeah alive that's the one that broke them well you know it was because i'm from new jersey right outside of new york you couldn't go anywhere even when their first album came out was got more attention because their first album yeah then their second their their second and third albums i see and that's being realistic because i mean everyone thought alice cooper was shocking at the time Here's yeah. fucking kiss, and it's like, what right. Jesus Christ am I looking right. at? As you were saying, you know, like, hey, you're going to the record store or whatever, and now I'm flipping through records or whatever they had in the Jeez, window at that time. And you see, yeah. I mean, because if you weren't hearing it on the radio or seeing it in a magazine at that time, that's why um artwork for bands was essential. was so essential. It was yeah. so damn key. Because if I didn't hear this band on the radio or read about them in a magazine, I better have recognized them from their cover of their album. Yeah, and their ship had to be looking phenomenal, like a band like Kiss or even like Molly Hatchet had some cool ass looking album covers. Probably the best album cover. (laughs) So if you're not getting the radio play and you're not getting the attention in a magazine, you better make sure your artwork is going to grab someone's eyes and be like and blow their fucking minds and say i don't know a damn song on this but by how this looks i gotta i have to listen so from that point you got to make sure that your album stands up to the cover so you know and that's to the test of time a lot of bands did that pr thing and then it just didn't hit it in the yeah it didn't hit it in the market well i think most bands what um fail to to promote it just even in the pr sense i i think a lot of bands don't even do pr and don't think it's important enough to do which i always again i sound like a broken record i'm talking about the same topic pop it my but, friend but it's realistic <laughs> but you but, but are it's fucking fucking real singing our dilemma to the <laughs> modern technology yeah. right now but, to the modern band and most like, like here's an, an example for you so we were talking about album covers and looking through the bins and whatnot i'm still that guy that if i see a cool looking album cover i'll buy the album right um yeah. and i don't i sometimes i don't even hear a note of it i'm just like this looks 
like it's up my alley. <laughs> yeah, you're tripping on the yeah. Right. yeah. right. Sometimes right. it's not good, but I still like that old school mentality of let me take a chance on it and see if it's any good. I'm right. still a physical media guy. Yeah. I've obviously you can tell just yeah, by looking I, around, yeah. right? Uh, you have a nice stack of vinyl, Thank you gotta you. say, my man. But right. but my my point in all of this is you know, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll go on my phone and and go on on YouTube and hear a couple seconds, see if I like the sound of it. Okay, cool, I'll buy it, right? If yeah. I like it. You know, but so there are other ways of doing that because of technology. Yeah. So oh, yeah. going back to the technology, that's a benefit from it, right? Yeah. Right. So there are pros and cons to this specific thing. And I think, and I'm glad we're having this conversation actually, because hopefully it'll inspire people to just, you know, go out and, and, you know, in, in, discover new music that way or, or right. on spotify whatever it is that their medium is and look at an album cover and even bands right go out yeah, and yeah. learn your you just learn the, the total s- approach where you're in it, it really you know? is i mean of course the music is the most important thing no matter what i mean but hand me any cd from that pile right there. hand me any freaking one okay now, just say for the heck of it. Now, metalheads, you know, I think they we have a much broader acceptance in a sense, you know. But at least appearance-wise, and now if I'm in a band and I'm I'm playing, you know, some heavy shit. Aside from having great songs, I mean, which which of course is the most important thing, and I'll say to the day I die. But I also want to make this. For someone who can't hear it, it's also got to blow me away visually. So I want to look at it. Yeah, I it's it's got to grab your attention through your ears and your eyes, and also when you get up on stage, just to say for you, uh, to say I'm John Q. Customer, and I'm going to a club, and okay, I'm here to see my friends' band. Um, I know there's five bands playing here tonight. I only know two two of the bands that are perform- playing that night. If I'm at you know, I don't know anyone in these other three bands never even heard them before. So aside from just how you're going to look on the cover of your disc and how good your songs are, but when you get on that fucking stage, you know, better make it. You got to make sure that live performance is this has to jump off your performance. This has to fucking escalate a million times. Yeah. It's got to sound like, a BLT, blonde, large tits. It's like you know, bottom it's line. It's like you when you came down and did your show. It was your tunes, but you did you you went above and beyond the call. Of duty. Yeah, you you got up so there. You wanted people to let them know that you know your performance. Oh, I appreciate, out- it. and I was really hurt uh, during that performance. Obviously, yeah, you too. were in pain you know, too, and you know, like so people we, don't think about that. Well, again, I'm not tuning, trying to tune my own horn. But I, I have the mentality of, you know, I always want to just crush a life. I, I don't want people to say <laughs> crush a life. I don't want right. people people to ever say that Madras sucks. Yeah, I, like you live do. or whatever. I that 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 won't ever happen on my watch, because if I'm the guy fronting it, I'm going to make sure that you're paying attention to us. Right. You know, if it's 20, oh. 30 minutes, I'm going to make sure it, again, it's my, only 20, 30 my, minutes. Uh, <laughs> my mentality is and it's. It's a kind of a competition factor here. Is I want to be the best band on the on the bill, period. Yeah. End of story. I don't care who we're playing with. If we're playing with the biggest band in the world or the smallest band, we're gonna bring our A game. Yeah. We're gonna give the people what we what Set they the want. Level. And the, here's the bar. Okay, yeah. so I've watched 
all these bands. I'm like, okay, there's the bar. Now we got the go bars here. That. We have to go past that. Yeah. Bottom line, yeah, I don't yeah. care who you are. It has to be A plus. And 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 the last show we played, obviously, it left an impact because yeah. you brought it up here. So yes. right, somebody remembered yeah. it. So I'm just saying, no matter how many people are in the audience, is irrelevant to me at this yeah. point in the game. It's just a matter of just going up there, crushing it because you never know who's in the audience. And dude. I think that's our thing that Mike was bringing up is like the you, this is your front office. This is your, this is your sidewalk. Card. This is your calling card. This is your business card. You know, you could send whatever you want all over the internet, but if, you know, if somebody has this thing and they have a CD player, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Every computer has a CD player. Put that in there, you know, and then you hear the shit from firsthand. And then, you know, like I've had music over the years, mainstream not mainstream you know little bands and then like at first i didn't dig it but i had to you know i have to give it you know i have to give myself for a minute and play it like like my rule is i'll play you three times and if i can't find you in my soul then maybe you're not for me it's not that you're not a good band but maybe you're not for me but like that's what i look for is i want to hear the pain and anguish in the music and then after that, if I hear the pain and anguish, I start listening to the lyrics. And then I start getting a face to the music. Well, and I think with that, um, we all were, we're all as human beings here. And I'm going to bring this whole thing back. Mm -hmm. we're, we're all emotional driven, you know, spirits or energy beings, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all relate to emotion. So mm -hmm. music, you know, emits emotion as and, and good music emits you know, the emotion that, that, you know, looking that for. we could, that, that relate that appeal, with. Yeah. Relate with. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like all different kinds of bands from all different kinds of genres. Right. And the reason for it is it gives me a certain emotion that, you know, you know, when I put on, and I'm going to just name drop earth, wind and fire, it gives me a different emotion from oh, yeah. fucking. My pops likes you now, you know, cause that's uh, his favorite band. You know, like if I put on, you know, one of our records. I I play Madras sometimes. Sure, right. You know, it gives me a certain emotion. Uh, I'll put on the B fifty twos, right? Oh, yeah. It gives me a different kind of emotion Whatever than what I would that. with, say, I don't know, a Frank Marino record. They're right? all different, you know. Yeah. So I think the commonality in ex in especially extreme music. A lot of people don't like extreme music because it doesn't have the emotion and the groove sometimes that music should have, in my opinion. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people can't grasp or lock on to extreme metal in yeah. general or yeah. extreme rap in general yeah. because there's right. the emotion and it's just it, it, it's the, not there you know like i don't relate to like you know hip-hop nowadays because yeah. there's no emotion in it for me but right? back in the sugar hill days well, you yeah. know where you're talking yeah. about i mean the public enemies like right, i right? relate to that bc right. boys because of the emotion and and you the know scene that was going sure. on in the culture at that time they told the better story yeah, because they had shit going on in that time. It wasn't just sitting in your car, free streaming music. It was there's shit going on, and the bands that were around in that time when there's stuff going on that that's the only outlet they have is just to play their music and let you know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for as much as this CD, what where I'm holding here. For the fans that these guys are trying to get, I'm, they want this to feel like 
it's connecting whether it's they're going to bang their head or whatever or it could be the most beautiful softest blues that's going to want to make you cry but and if you if you can do that on the disc when that when it's time for that band to get on live as opposed to one little tear coming out it should be a floodgate with however you're getting off in your room or in your car listening to this you know like when that band hits the stage as a listener I want that to be a thousand times more. Right. And people go out to shows to, to get an emotion from said music. Like the reason why I go to shows when I see a band, if I like a band, it's because I get something more out of it than, than just watching performers perform. Right. Oh yeah. I like getting an emotion. So like when I see a great band play, like, you know, I'll buy a CD. Sometimes the CD might not, give me the same emotion as when I saw that said band live, right? That just shows, you know, the musicality of those said musicians and the the band as a collective unit, you know, compared to say just a recording or, or, or whatever. Right. So there's two different entities, but I think it, it shares the same commonality and that's, that's emotion, you know, emotion oh yeah. Whatever, driven, yeah. Right? whatever emotion that. it is that you're going out for that night from that band, then like, heck yeah. Like, you know, as musician-wise, like, I'm in Denny's band. And he comes to us, hey, this is one of my songs. And now and we're a blues-based band. You know, it's more of a blues-based rock band. Yeah. And he tells me, you feel something, just go for it. And whether it just be maybe a particular sound, I mean, since it's two different guitars, I'm most of the times... I'm playing a slightly different sound than his, or sometimes yeah. it's noticeably different. Yeah, it's to get that extra vibe or right. feel in there. Like, in fact, you know that song we were just even working on uh, last night. I mean, well, if you don't try things, you're never gonna know what you're capable of. Yeah, right? or even just like, or you know, you just, with bouncing that idea around, all of a sudden there's that certain sound, and we want to bring that live and to get that feeling. You know. So and and so. Let me bring it back to to my initial point here and and have you guys answer this. How do we as, you know, as musicians and whatnot, create that emotion and not be afraid to to create that said emotion? Because we're always trying to just, you know, not not be wimps or whatever or whatever it is to incorporate that in, in music. And I've always just said, you know, hell with critics. I'm just gonna do my thing. This is what I like that this is what i would like to hear out of a band right me me personally at least with uh playing with denny when i'm i'll be listening to the song or having you know have the song in my head and just if it's a bit different i mean usually it's the same song or just maybe making this one part of a song explode more could be even just the same chords the same notes but just how it's have a different attack yeah exactly yeah or whether it be softer or because that much harder you know our band is uh we cover bands we have original music but the bands we cover um you already heard that music so we're 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 trying to give homage but we yet we want you to know that we're doing the band yeah Yeah. aside from one of the covers that we do Everything, all the rest of them don't sound but, a fucking thing like the original. But how do we make it? How do we make 
musicians kind of less afraid to take said chances within the their music. The risk. Right? Like how do that that's what I'm tr trying to ultimately kind of hopefully we can answer yeah. or somewhat answer it. Well here. well, you know what you were saying before, like um you know, regarding like it, sometimes um uh, oh, shit, what was the point you were getting at before? Where like we were listening to certain songs and like how do you get that point across to someone in the band like Hey, you know, maybe who's got to be the bad guy in the band? You know, sometimes like you have to have a rooster. Yeah, you can't be all hens. I, I mean, re realistically, yeah. Unfortunately, there's got to be that one person in the band that says, you know, hey, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I mean, sometimes you just have the control freak in the band. Like, hey, this is my song. This is how we're gonna play it. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately, you have to be like, hey, you know what? I or you well that that in terms of that you come you have to come to a commonality yeah you have right. to you know you, you have to it's a give and take relationship within a band so I guess you know I'm not talking in terms of of that I was just merely talking business wise and 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 creatively wise we have to you have to have if when you have too many chiefs yeah. it's not good when you have too yeah. many Indians it's not good you need to have thing, a balance what I of, believe of it that. boils down to is um need the dad in the band almost well <laughs> or, no or the it's just wife. like you need to take it to the next step it's like you need to take it from being a question to a statement so if your band has done its work and stayed at home and it's honed its craft and it's even double checks its boundaries then when you come out to make a statement you'll make a statement I mean, all the music that we've had in the test of time, you know, it may be, but they made a statement. That's, well, that's what it's about. It's just not filling a time slot. It's about an art. And like, if you want to take it to the next level where somebody's going to see you, you got to be not scared. Well, and, and I was trying to, again to my question, how do we con you know, how do we convince people that it's okay to just take the chance? Just fucking go for it. Well, there's too, way okay. too many cookie cutter bands in your craft. I'm okay. I'm not a Bon Jovi fan. I mean, trust me, I'm from New Jersey, but I can't stand Bon Jovi. But the thing they used to do in particular, which was smart, they had they had the pizza test. What they would do is if when they got done writing their songs, whatever they had a recording, they went down by this local pizza parlor and they would play it for they would have their music playing and like hey what did you think about that song it's almost like they would have people that were coming in there almost as their litmus test yeah quality control test yeah exactly yeah like and there's nothing wrong with that yeah like oh that's uh so, hey sometimes it was good sometimes it was shit yeah you know it's like or like or at least you know you know, at the same time, you, you know, you have to have an open mind. You know, unfortunately, some people don't like to hear the negative comments or the constructive criticism True. in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's always like, you know, fuck that, you know. Yeah. But but to answer your question, you need bands coming up need a solid place that they go to, like stages, like uh, the Doll Hut, like that, where they can go and test it out. And like, and it's true. Like yeah. you just said, like the people were like, oh, we like that. Uh, that was kind of boo boo, you know, or they were like, what do you want? But you, you need a, a common ground that you could test your music on because 
or you're going out there naked as a jaybird, which many bands has done. And it, they've succeeded in yeah, that. Yeah, luckily, that. some have and some haven't. Well, yeah, but at least th- those are the type of chances that, that bands, yeah. you know, should And you taking. should take chances like that. Like, um, like if you have a Reverb Nation and you want to uh, get on still, movies. Who the fuck still uses Reverb Nation? There's though? a lot of bands. And you'd be surprised how many bands get actual movie jobs. That's awesome. From Reverb Nation. It's Learn something new every day. Yeah, no, it's like it's still there. And it's a, it's a place you can go. And it's a place where a lot of people can find new stuff. But what they do is they also journey out and find shows, find gigs. There's lots of bands. Ravenscroft got their last album was recorded from a contest that was won on Reverb Nation. So did they tour for this said album? No, that's the uh, that COVID. COVID. Yeah. So, but they had all their ducks in a row, and it it led from that. They even had the tour dates. Yeah, they had all that stuff. But you know, reality kicks in on us at any given time. Sure, man. And you gotta be adjustable. So you know, they came over to the show, and they were like, "Damn, we can't get out, but here we are, and we're gonna still do a a playthrough." And they went on other places and did a playthrough, and you know. The stuff we had to do during the COVID to keep us irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and it's again, it's it, it's the age old question of, you know, how how do we keep how do we keep it going? And these are some just some yeah. some questions and some solutions. I just wanted to throw that out there yeah. to the people yeah. listening. And, Back in the day, you had limited technology, so you had certain ways to go. Nowadays, you have more technology, and bands had to tour back then, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't have technology, inter- the yeah. internet. But yeah. you you brought up a good point that I wanted to touch base on. Mm-hmm. Bands back in the in the day when I when at least when when I've seen their tour schedules and, and done research on said bands, you know, all the old bands they would tour for two to three years on 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 a record. Generally, mm-hmm. yeah, they wouldn't play the same place, you know, for two years. No, the, yeah. so what you're seeing nowadays is is obviously bands playing the same place three times four times a year and that even that's way too much wherever the money is, is well in the same yeah but in yeah, the same who's place gonna, yeah yeah i mean because the reason why those bands toured for two years is because they were trying to generate the money for the next record and so they toured cool. all over hell nowadays they don't have you know the tour thing isn't what it is you know and, and if someone you already got sorry real quick unless you got internet momentum like a band really isn't going to go very far nowadays because nobody's going to know who you are yeah and if and also if someone's if there's a venue willing to pay that band over and over and over again i mean uh they're, they're not going to turn down turn down the money right and the well, reason probably if, being is because that band they're, took they're, the time to do an internet campaign not, not necessarily i mean there's Okay, I'll I'll be the bad guy and I'll name a couple of bands. Bands like I'll love LA Guns like crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But holy shit, they play you know for a long time. You could see them out here all, like every other fucking month within like a 10 mile radius. Right. And but you know what? If I'm they're getting a guarantee to pay. It, mm-hmm. get it, they're getting a guarantee to play, I should say. And you know what? If you're going to keep putting money in my pocket, 
I'm going to stay there. I'll, I'll hand it over. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play. Why go tour? Yeah. You know, th- that's why they are. They play a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, I used to deal with uh, Joe from Bang Tango, and he would tell me straight, straight out, you pay me the money, I'll go play in your fucking garage. I, I don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Right. And, and mm-hmm. so, again, it all boils down to it all. Obviously, everything boils down to money. And I think what you had in the the 60s and 70s, and Frank Zappa said it best, was you had, you know, the people with money taking chances on bands because they could afford to lose money on said band. Yeah, I could tell you that whole big story, what Frank Zappa said about the fat cats running the truth. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But it's so true, though. It is, though. And that's what it's boiled down to is like, like the fat cats have money. They can take a chance. They'll write it off at the end of the year. Now there's there's now they're hippies. getting old. Well, now there's said hippies yeah. that, that were yeah they were giving the coffee yeah taking the coffee, making sure that the mail got down to the mail room and da da da. And now they stayed there and they did their tour, and now they're the next in line. Yeah, but what the fat cats didn't teach them is how to take a chance, so they're stuck in what is Sounds. relevant for the yeah. rest of their direction and you take a chance and, and what and you see a lot of compared to like let's say that the now and then on one thing i you do see a lot more now is even with the younger bands and newer bands you know they're they're putting out more eps or they're putting out a, or a single they're going to put out a single like every four to six weeks not a f- lot of full length yeah not, not not a full length and it's just to keep themselves relevant because ever since with the with technology also hey that new band could be like one click away you know realistically you know because all of a sudden you know from having a hundred bands to pick from you know there's a hundred times more hundred times, hundred times. So, but how do you, how does a band become a band to where they don't need to do that? And I'll give you a perfect example of this. Um, we, we've experienced some of that, right. To where we don't have to fucking release a single after single or album after album. Right. Like power trip is the best example I could, I could think of with this. They made a record in 2017. Obviously everybody knows it. Nightmare yeah. logic still gets talked about still mm-hmm. it's still relevant it's still so again how do bands make their music that relevant to where they don't need to fucking rely on doing that kind of thing it's a lot of setup one you know, <laughs> one they struck a chord with a, a huge mass of people yeah. no doubt but also who's ever their manager or it could even be the guys themselves knows how to generate it across but all there's one of the few bands that probably that are willing to go out and to make all the radio station stops do whatever they can maybe not eat (laughs) yeah you know doing all the all the tons of little sacrifices that it really does take Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. they're going to make those extra stops. They're going to make those extra road mm-hmm. trips. You know, whether it's a radio station, Poppet's Corner, do all those extra interviews. That way, they can. They're going to keep turning on, getting themselves turned on to more and more people, or just to keep I themselves 
that much more relevant in a news stream, you know, in in a feed, whether it be, you know, when you say that, I can't help but think of Boyd Bader. You know, that's the that's one of the examples that we as bands should take, because like they go out and tour all over, no matter what the hell's going on. Uh, they don't go home to their hotel room on the tour and just not socialize. These people get a table like this and put their merch out there and stay there till the end of the freaking night. And then they go the next night and they do the same thing over again. The thing that is bands aren't doing what it takes. Yeah. It's the, the, they know? don't, they have more drive. Yeah. They, yeah. They, it's like some bands want it more than other bands. Some mm -hmm. bands are just willing to do whatever it takes. And they're fortunate enough that they have other people in their corner that support help. them. Will and are will help them. Okay, I I got them booked. You know, coming up in uh, in August, doing an outdoor show at the Doll Hut. I've been in touch with their tour manager many times, and you know, and just their other people, whether between Ripple Music mm -hmm. uh, that they deal with and the tour man. And it's just great just knowing how big they are. Just not just here in Southern California, but all but, over. But, but you know from here throughout the midwest and everything i mean and what i say that the whole key to that whole that whole just juice they got going over there is that void vader make sure the content is top of the line and that they know it and they play that shit to 100 percent. but also or they couldn't sell them Sure, but there's also politics that play into it too, right? Oh there's, yeah. There are also there's always politics that play into certain kinds of things. Whether what you, it depends what you believe in. I I always firmly, you know, unfortunately I I see I've seen it uh, <laughs> just from cancel culture and all this shit. So oh, it's like gosh, it's yes. all it's all like political which kind of yeah, sucks yeah. too so you have to have the the, poli right... the politics of the politics well, yeah, but you have to have the right people in your corner so you have mm -hmm. to have the big mm -hmm. big magazines yeah. in your corner you have to have the big labels in your corner yeah and that's kind but of nobody's what... going to believe it if they don't and you have to have the, the quality of material too that plays oh, a yeah. huge yeah. role yeah. to where they can sell it so again the accessibility give something to sell but gentlemen i really appreciate you coming on the show and hanging with me um dude what um why why don't you give out the links for C4OC Radio? Tell people what's going on with the uh, the House of Metal camp, and um, you know anything else that you guys want to start promoting. So, okay, um, for anyone who wants to check out C4OC uh, Radio dot net, it's www.c4oc radio dot net. Uh, we have a bunch of different shows going throughout the week. Um, my name is Mike C. I do the House Metal Radio Show, which goes from 8 p.m. to eh, 10.30, 10.10.30. BST. Yeah. And, and and remember, it's a it's a rock and metal show. It's not always going to start on time. It's not going to end on time either. You know. We, well, the good thing about the uh, social media that we got, I, you know, people know it's coming. They'll wait for you. Yeah. So, you know, we're not a billion dollars. You don't see MGM on our logo, so you know you get what you pay for. We're not in that lofty office building, on you know, yeah. but uh, but if we were, but you know, it's cool. There's a whole bunch of things that C4OC Radio.net does. I was mentioning the Thursday night, uh, with uh, House Metal Radio Show on Fridays yes. at 5 p.m. 
Meet Pacific me Santa at the time. Tiki with Zachary Neville, and he brings you the best in local artists. And uh, he's from uh, New York, so he tries to take you through a little tiptoe through New York back in his day, the bands that were coming out with like CBGBs and stuff like that. And uh, he lists, he tries to make you a part of what was going on in New York City. So that's Zachary Neville, 5 p.m. Fridays, PST. Yep, um, Sunday. Oh, oh my. Saturday, Saturday, actually. Saturday is uh, sometimes Saturday. My pops, he's been uh, a little under the weather, so we don't try to run him to the ground. But that's the crow's nest every Sunday, and he brings you what's funny. Saturday. And yes, yeah, Saturday. And that's what's funny <laughs> <laughs> and new going on with our blogs. My pops, he uh, writes a lot of the blogs on our website, which is c4ocradio.net slash news. And uh, he does a lot of. You know, brings the funniness to our show on Saturday. Yeah. Now, on Sunday, we have uh, the Sunday Blues with the Bone Daddy. That starts at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right. Um, then after that, we... Uh, well, the hmm. thing is, the Bone Daddy starts at 9 a.m. on Sundays, and we get picked up by Global Enlightenment right. Radio Network, which is slash iHeartRadio. And uh, some of our shows get slapped on iHeartRadio. So we start off with the Bone Daddy, which is the local blues uh, around here in Southern California and all over the globe. And then, uh, you know, it's a variety show for the rest of the day because they give us the, the wire to go live. And uh, we do. And so we might play mainstream music southern california mainstream bands or we might just play uh another one of our shows during the week or i might just throw out a whole bunch of our playlist bands and give it to you all day long on sundays so absolutely yeah. and i want to thank you in advance too i should mention this this great <laughs> this oh, yeah. great coffee cup with the coffee. c4oc logo and i put a madras sticker for me if you so want one of those get the best of both worlds yes right if Where you want you... one of those please come to our uh c4oc radio independence bash five which is located at 604 east dire road stages in santa Ana, california and it's our fifth it's... annual c4oc radio bash and my good friend mike will tell you the bands yeah we got a bunch of bands uh, all set up for that our headliner this year is going to be our good buddies in heretic um also we have lit soul uh scarred guitar virtuoso ronnie north yeah c4oc the band who c4oc the band uh black mercy riffs and augmented chaos dude and i gotta I tell a little you a bit more magic they're gonna be throwing in there um but we're looking forward to that. Yeah, Every we're going to do we... a lot of giveaways. We're going to give away cups like that. We're going to give away CDs from bands that have donated their new uh, CDs that they've done during the COVID uh, process. And uh, we're going to give away a brand new, new uh, Schwinn Motor motorized bicycle. And it's black. It looks badass. And if... You guys don't want it. I'll take it. But we're yeah, going to give it away. Tires and all that kind yeah, of stuff. it's gnarly. And it's probably going to be a little uh, Metal Babe Mayhem, little grab bag and some yep, other kind yep. of stuff. And there's going to be uh, the uh, Viper Guitar is going to have a display down there. And uh, Soto, our brother, Hector Solo, is going to bring his uh, guitars down there and do a Soto Shop custom display Absolutely. for you. So. You guys got a lot of shit going on, man. Well, dude, Denny. Mike, appreciate you coming on the show and hanging. Really means so My much. My pleasure, Tana. You have to come back on uh, very soon and and, and just keep doing what we do. So, yeah. but uh, for another episode of Papa's Corner, guys, I'm out.
Dude, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Love you. Cheers.